Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I am Billy Embody. Shay Dixon is along for the ride on this loaded podcast for us. It is rankings week. Under Armour Atlanta is in the books. I got back Sunday night late from that. LSU has dished out a new offer and a huge junior day weekend on tap for the Tigers. We're going to talk about all of that, but let's lead off with rankings discussion. Shay, we talked about Dominic McKinley, the Acadiana defensive lineman on this podcast multiple times, and we talked about his potential to be a five-star type player. Well, he made his debut in the on 300, right in five-star range, number 14 overall in the country the number three defensive lineman nationally, and the number one player in Louisiana for on three. The rise has truly been real, and now he is uh, with the reworking of the on three consensus going to the on three industry ranking. He's also now the number one player in Louisiana on that as well. I mean, a monster junior year, athleticism, uh, verified measurables, uh, we're you know, really high on him, Shay, and LSU's right in the mix to land his commitment. And, you know, look, you got Mason Smith a couple years ago. Right now, Dominic McKinley in five-star range now becomes, you know, potentially the biggest target in this cycle for LSU to get. Biggest in state, which often translates to biggest, sure. Uh, This is why I love Louisiana, because this is a kid who, when he entered his junior year at Acadiana High over in Lafayette, he had picked up some small non-Power 5 offers. He had one Power 5 offer. It was Texas Tech. That was it. He plays his junior year out, puts his film out there. Offers start rolling in one after the next. LSU sends Brian Kelly and Frank Wilson to the school. They offer in person, basically. Then he debuts, obviously. He was not even by any service. He was playing a junior and he debuts as the top prospect in the country, top 15 prospect in the country, regardless of position. So we've talked and we will talk here a little bit more in the pod about, is it a down year in Louisiana for recruiting? Is there enough talent, you know, across the board for LSU to do what they normally do and clean up and get a top five class? And six months ago, nobody was talking about Dominic McKinley. And now he's a top 20 player in the country and the number one player in the state. So I'm excited uh, to see as the spring and summer plays out how many more kids make a rise and how many kids do the same as a senior because I'm still convinced, and Dominic McKinley is proving it for me, that Louisiana is a little bit deeper than people might think in this cycle. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a prime example of why we always say, look, let the rankings play out. I mean, we've had a 2024 watch list for a while. We've had you know, rankings on a lot of these guys, um, you know, across the country for a while, we've just said, look, stay patient. This is a cycle that I think just because of the way it's unfolding so far, you can make the case that this is one of those years in Louisiana that maybe it is the later bloomers that are going to be 
that higher ranked prospect. Obviously, we'll talk to talk about a couple that have been on the radar for quite some time here. But uh, there's another new addition in in um, you know the on three hundred, a guy that's really broken out this uh, year that we'll we'll talk about later on. But it just goes to show. I mean, look, rankings are something that have to be done early on, but they will unfold and we're not going to always get them right. Coaches aren't always going to get their targets right. Um, but what we can say is that when a guy shows up and dominates the way Dominic McKinley does, I think we do give that a lot of credence. And and this is a prime example. Um, Charles Power and his team, you know, had Zalance Hurd as a five-star range guy before LSU offered, well before LSU offered, well before a lot of big schools started recruiting him. This could be uh, that next guy that is really on the radar in a big way, albeit a little different in terms of the timing, uh, to to take this stance, um, you know, I think is 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 one that I think is going to pay off for on three. You know, just having him as high as we do, um, he's got a lot to like, and and Charles really talked a lot about that with us uh, on the article we posted when he did um, rise up to the number fourteen overall prospect on on three. Another prospect that made a big move. Uh, is is uh, New Orleans area defensive back Wardell Mack, another huge target for LSU in state, the top-ranked defensive back in the state as well now. You know, Wardell Mack is somebody that has been on campus for LSU a lot. Um, and as the rankings team dove in, you know, you can see that physicality, that, that size that he brings to the table. Um, and he's one that LSU sits in a strong position for as well. Yeah, and we caught up with Charles. There was an article on the site on the Bengal Tiger this week about Wardell Mack. And as you said, uh, the top defensive back uh, in the state of Louisiana, the top-ranked skill player in the state of Louisiana, that's a big deal, right? I mean, if you hold that title, uh, you're a legit high-level prospect, and he's got LSU and Bama fighting over him, let alone a number of other teams. But Reggie Rogers, John Errett's been around John Errett forever, and John Errett turns out tons of D1 prospects every year said it well, and I'll quote him. He says, we use him all over because he's so dynamic and he just makes plays. Everything's effortless. And when we talked to Charles, he said, we moved him up for that reason. You put on his film. Yeah, he is a lockdown corner. But then you watch his film on offense and you say, this guy's running through people at receiver. He's breaking tackles. He's making plays. Um, went over a thousand total yards on offense and what his sophomore and junior years. So an absolute playmaker. Does L does Louisiana have that high-end five-star receiver this cycle? Maybe not, but they do have that high-end five-star type. In e Look, I don't know if he's going to end up a five-star, but top 50-level player at DB in Wardell Max. So that athlete is out there. I think he's a must-get for LSU because I think they need to get younger at corner, and he's the best guy in the state. Uh, and it keeps the John Eric pipeline rolling and every year they're going to put out a, a guy or two at this level. So I thought it was deserved top five corner in the country. Now, number two in the state of Louisiana, number two player. And um, he'll be back on campus like McKinley in the coming weeks. And uh, we'll see kind of where things go with LSU, but we both agreed for a while now that we think LSU is the team to beat. We feel okay about saying that and uh, they'll just continue to chip away. Yeah, LSU leads on the uh, on three recruiting prediction machine as well for Wardell Max. So there's that. Another guy LSU leads for on the on three recruiting prediction machine, and a guy that we've talked a little bit about in terms of you know having that athleticism and and some of the traits you look for in high end prospects. 
But did he really put it all together? Did he really show that he is a must-get? And, well, our rankings team thought so. Tradez Green out of East Feliciana, um, a really talented basketball prospect, as well as tight end prospect who jumped back up, knocking on the door now of the top 100. And I was with Charles Power at Under Armour Atlanta. I said, man, we saw the rankings uh, that are going to come out tomorrow. Little surprise. You know, Tradez Green making his move back up. He said, look, you know, we saw some of the tape that, you know, we shot this year of, of Tradez Green, but we went into a deeper dive. And, he was really productive. You know, there were games that, you know, certainly he he wants back a little bit. But overall, he put together such a good junior season that we had to move him back up. Um, so it goes to show. I mean, it's one of those things where as you continue to gather more information and dive deeper into some of these guys, sometimes it's not always what you seem uh, or, or what it seems. And for a guy that, you know, we have picks in for for LSU to land, you know, trade as green in that tight end room as they continue to add young talent. Uh, I really like where LSU stands with him. And he, you know, maybe has a little bit more of that upside than we even really realize. I think when you look at a guy, Billy, who's 6'6", 225, he can jump out the gym in basketball. He's a college level basketball player. He has the offers to back it up. And he's a top five or six tight end in the country. We're just so accustomed to thinking like, oh, I want to see him dominate every time out. I don't want to see any plays taken off. I want to see him look like Travis Kelsey out there and, um, you know, be Brock Bowers or, you know, whomever you might fancy as that type of elite tight end. And with Green, I think, like you said, you go out to a game and maybe one Friday night it's, oh, well, he only caught a few balls and, man, you just wish you would do something more. Then you look up at the end of the year, he's played in 12 games and he's caught 40 something balls, nearly 900 yards receiving. He had 14 touchdowns. So catching at least a touchdown every game, averaging a little bit more than that. And you think, eh, no, I'll take that. I'll take that production. So I think what's exciting about Trey S. Green is you're like, oh man, there's so much more he can be. And he's already putting up 914 for you at the high school level. At six six, what you know, six five and a half maybe, and in the two twenties as a junior. So I'm I'm for the ranking. I like him being a top one hundred type guy, and the production for me is what makes me feel better about saying that. Like if he was just a big tall kid, but he had a few hundred yards receiving and a few touchdowns, and he's a three star, and it's like, hey, look, take a chance on him. You could develop him. He's productive right now. It's just that he can take his game to a completely another level. And that's fine because he's a guy who's gone through high school, high school focused on very seriously two different sports. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you look at him upside wise and I mean, he debuted at top 20, top 30 um, in the rankings. And, and that was before his junior year. And I think, you know, during his junior year, he kind of, you know, about halfway through, I think was when the rankings were updated, he, he slid back down. And then when you dove back into the entirety of it all, and realized how productive he was, it's more like, okay, it makes sense that you have to reward, especially as a tight end, that type of production. And so um, he's somebody that goes about things very quietly. You know, there's really not much out there on him as far as recruiting goes. We know that he's been to LSU multiple times. We know there's strong interest there and that LSU is absolutely pushing for him uh, to join the class. They've, uh, they've already got Tavion Galloway committed at tight end and signed three in 2023. But you look at must-get type prospects, and when you have a, a even an upside guy like that in your backyard, 
he's the perfect example of where you got to say, we're going to go after him and keep pushing. So I expect him to end up back on campus this spring as well. Um, as he navigates basketball, he plays seven on seven. He does a bunch of different things. Um, so his recruitment still going to unfold. And uh, it's a quiet one, but LSU sits in a good spot. One player that LSU hasn't offered, and I think as we go through the spring, I would think they make a move here, is Joel Rogers, one of the best athletes um, in the state. He plays a bunch of positions uh, in high school and uh, at West Feliciana, and he just jumped into the on three uh, hundred as a uh, number 211 overall prospect, uh, a four-star prospect with a 91 rating. Um, and I think, again, playing both sides of the ball, playing quarterback, playing safety, that's what you want to see especially a defensive back. We've seen it time and again, those guys that play both sides of the ball and end up on de on the defensive back in the defensive backfield. I mean, that, that translates, so that type of talent translates. So Joel Rogers, I think when you look at the safety position, LSU, as we've talked about, has Maurice Williams committed. Uh, they have Wallace Foster at nickel. They have Zion Ferguson at, at corner. Um, they need another safety. They need two, maybe three safeties, pure safeties. Joel Rogers is a prime example of a guy in your backyard that I think you should turn the heat up on an offer soon and, and his ranking would, I guess, support that as well. Yeah. And I've talked to enough people around LSU that I do believe he will get an offer and LSU is more diligent about offers in state than they are outside the state. That just comes with the territory because once you offer yeah, you, you want to take the commitment, right? You can't ever, you don't want to be going back on uh, Hey, we're full or whatever with an in-state kid. It's a little bit easier to do uh, with out of state guys. And uh, it's kind of like an unspoken rule when it comes to recruiting, especially at LSU and, being the only kind of top dog in Louisiana. I love Joel Rogers. And I, look, I like all four of these guys that uh, we've mentioned as being top 300 prospects. And there's five of them total. Total. Jawan Johnson uh, was the fifth top 300 prospect. He's a, the kid athlete out of Lafayette who committed to Colorado early on. I like Joel Rogers. Like I think of Dominic McKinley at Acadiana as a defensive lineman. And it's like, man, he's a, he is a good-looking interior defensive lineman. You need those to win in the SEC. And I look at Wardell Mack and just think, guy's just a hell of an athlete and a lockdown corner and can really do it all for you. I look at Trey Des Green, and we talked about it, the upside. He's 6'6". Oh, man, with the things you could do with him at tight end. I look at Joel Rogers, and I'm just like, that's he's just a really good football player. I mean, he plays quarterback. He plays safety. And you watch the film. Like, you can even just pull up his huddle film and – on defense at West Feliciana, he is absolutely popping people, running right through them. And he's physical. You can sense. I love guys who play on defense that played quarterback in high school because they really understand what an offense is trying to do. I think LSU is going to offer him. I think he's one of the best players in the state. Uh, and look, we've seen in recent weeks to across the past month, Billy, Miami, Mississippi State, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Texas, all of these schools have come through St. Francisville, offered Joel Rogers out of West Feliciana. I don't think LSU is going to be far behind on this one. Yeah, and that would be a smart play for them. I mean, he's somebody that just has shown it, you know, to be, like you said, uh, a great football player on both sides of the ball. And he's not somebody that is projecting uh, to, you know, play safety. He's he's done it and he's done it at a high level. So I think that's where, right. you know, some of the guys in the past, you know, a Radar Jones or Manny Netherly. I mean, those are the guys that didn't really get any experience on that side of the ball. Joel Rogers did. Um, and, and, you know, I think he's somebody that you've got to circle as a 
guy who's going to hold an LSU offer sooner rather than later. And hey, I mean, excuse to stay at the St. Francisville Inn, no free ads. Um, that'd be fun. That'd be fun to that, go. Oh, anyone who's got St. Francisville ties and wants to get us hooked up, we'll help. We'll be sponsored by the Myrtles for all I care. We'll just <laughs> need to get out there. Let's do it. Uh, make a big weekend out of it. But that is two Feliciana kids uh, in Trades Green and Joel Rogers. So shout out to the St. Francisville area. You've got two kids who uh, have put themselves on the map as two of the best football players in the country. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, and to, to kind of build off of this overall, when we look at this on 300 that just came out, the only other uh, Louisiana prospect in it uh, that makes five is Jawan Johnson, who dropped uh, well over 100 spots in the rankings. Uh, now a Colorado commit, somebody that you know LSU is still very much recruiting. Um, but five total in the on 300 for Louisiana. Uh, we talked about maybe it being a little bit deeper than we thought. You know, one prospect that did drop out. And I'm high on him. I think you're high on him. Tylen Singleton, Adam Manny, um, who made the move from safety down to linebacker, uh, big LSU target. You know, you look at Deshaun McBride at, at Denham Springs, a big safety who's, who's showing well. I think there's going to be guys that, you know, potentially move back in if you're Tylen Singleton or maybe move up if you're Deshaun McBride. But um, this, is a, this is an interesting cycle in Louisiana. You had some high-profile guys like a Demiran Johnson or a Melvin Hills, two defensive linemen in the state. Um, you know, I mentioned Tylen Singleton. He's been on the board for a while. This is a state that this year, I think some, you know, sleepers or, or kind of late bloomers are going to have to carry that torch into the on 300 is what it looks like. Um, and some that'll be just on the cusp of it, too. It, it is one of those years in the state that I think that 89 rating or maybe four star non on 300 is going to carry a good bit of the the weight when it comes to the rankings, at least right now. Yeah, look, I also think what these kids were during the COVID 2020 year, they were freshmen. That's right, because they would have been sophomores in 21, then juniors in 22. Yes, that's right. Freshmen, right? Or would they have been? Yeah, yep. freshmen. Here's my thought. I think that with so much of Louisiana, that spring, nobody was like doing anything. You had a shortened season. You weren't practicing like normal. All those kids who normally get those reps as freshmen or, you know, are starting to get their toes wet in football, it, they didn't have that fully kind of like on their plate. So I feel like a lot of these kids had all that development, had all that experience as sophomores instead of freshmen. And now they just sort of are breaking through as juniors. So I just get the sense there's going to be a lot of late bloomers in this class, like guys who have really big senior years or guys who have really big off seasons right now going into their senior year, just because that freshman year of football kind of got thrown sideways on them. And it does take a little bit of time to catch up to that developmental wise. I've got no stats to back that up. This is obviously our first time dealing with this group, but I do think that plays a role. Like I look around and wonder, there's got to be more guys in the state than just who we're hearing about and who's getting offered. And then every time Billy, we turn around every couple of weeks, a guy like Joel Rogers picks up seven new offers where you're suddenly like, Whoa, this dude's about to play big time ball. 
I think that continues to happen. And, and look, you can go up and down the list. There's defensive linemen out there like Demarion Johnson and them at Westgate. Ahmad Bro at Rustin, who committed to Duke and could continue to see his stock go up. Uh, Kavion Broussard's an offensive lineman at Zachary. There's um, you mentioned Tylen Singleton off top. Kobe Young, a receiver uh, over at Holy Cross. Collage Cobbins is a big time player at Destrahan. You mentioned McBride. So I just think we're still early in the eval process here. And ultimately, I don't think Louisiana will look all that. It may not be as loaded as normal, but it's not going to be some drastic difference than what we're used to seeing. Yeah. And, and, and maybe, you know, outside of Dominic McKinley and, and Wardell Mack, maybe it's not a, a year where you see a lot of top heavy um, prospects up there near the top. Like, you know, maybe we, we saw last year in a way with, you know, um, uh, Arch and so Lance Hurd and longtime Shelton Sampson, you know, all those things. So it, it just might look a little different this year. Yeah, no. And you're not often going to have the number one overall player in the country in Arch Manning every year. I think Leonard Fournette would have been the last time. So unless Cam Robinson ever touched number one, but no, it's again, when the dust settles, I think we'll have a different view of what we have of this class. Now it'll be deeper than people think, which is great for LSU. That's what they need. Shay, um, you're not going to be able to sleep with how many followers we lose if you keep saying Arch Manning, number one overall player. He dropped to number two, number three. Um, you're going to oh, you're going to have people sorry, it was, so, it was right. so ingrained in my head. So, what you'll need if you can't sleep, Shay? Oh, I see what you did. Yes, yes, very smooth, very smooth. Been working on that. Rogueshop.com. Our friends over there can help you if you have sleep issues, uh, insomnia, stress, anxiety. Uh, a little bit of pain and, and body hurting a little bit. Rogueshop.com, Craft Cannabis Company, our friends Richard and Shar. Promo code BENGLETIGER gets you 10% off uh, your order. So be sure to jump on their site, Rogueshop.com. Chat with them. They've got the live chat. You can find out more about what you need, whether it's gummies, tinctures, creams, pre-rolls, gummies, all of those things. Um, Shay, they're, they're some of the best in the business and they... They really focus on making sure it is a high quality product uh, that you are getting and, and certainly being able to, um, you know, handle that right, right with you. Hold your hand through the process and show you what you need. Yeah, that's what's easy about it. You get on there on Rogue Shop and for real, just Google it, put it in your URL, click go, go to Rogue Shop. And you can just chat with them and just say, hey, look, I don't know anything about this or I know everything about this, whatever your experience is, but say I've got, here's what I'm dealing with. Or I'm waking up in the middle of the night or, hey, I'm Billy and I'm going to play hockey. Uh, even though my hockey days are over, I'm still trying to make it happen. Uh, and because my hockey days are over, I'm sore because I'm getting older and they've got answers for everything. If they've got answers for Billy's uh, local Dallas private hockey leagues uh, remedy of uh, getting the what from aching billy the hips uh, legs are usually pretty sore from riding around on ice skates uh then yes they can handle anything they've been great to us and again i think the best feature beyond all the stuff they have is just it's easy get on there chat with them tell them your issue they'll tell you what they recommend and they kind of get shipped out to you pretty quickly yep probably a very code. tough process yep promo code bengal tiger shay's got a birthday coming up in in march and i do uh, and uh, I have one uh, next month. So uh, we're, we're both getting older. And with that, we need Rogue Shop to help us uh, take away some of the pain of getting older. So appreciate Rogue Shop and their support to the podcast and the Bengal Tiger. So check it out. Rogueshop.com, promo code Bengal Tiger.
Tigers. Shay, we move on to a big offer that went out in the state of Louisiana in 2025. Yes, we're talking about 2025 because it is a massive year at running back for the state of Louisiana. I mean, a handful um, of guys that are high-end Division One prospects. Three now hold offers from the Tigers. Uh, the latest being James Simon out of Shreveport Calvary Baptist. He got offered by Frank Wilson, planning a visit to LSU. I spoke with him just before we get on the podcast. And a guy that you know has some major recruiting attention already, TCU, Oklahoma State, uh, multiple offers under his belt. And now he adds an LSU offer. He's been on campus a handful of times. Uh, he joined St. Martin's, Harlem Berry, who's a, what we feel like is a truly elite prospect, potential number one running back in the country right now. And Deshaun Ford out of Opelousas with offers from the Tigers in 2025. I tell you, if Frank Wilson can clean up in the state uh, in 2025, that running back room is going to be set for the rest of the decade almost. I And we've seen this at times in the past where LSU gets like a group of really high level backs come through. It happened and we'll see where all these guys end up ranked. But I mean, there was a time where like Alfred blue and Kenny Hilliard and Terrence McGee and Michael Ford and all these guys were in the state around the same time. And it was like, Hey, we can just keep churning them through. These guys are all in the same class. And look, we don't have it on three, any rankings yet. So I'm not going to speak for Charles and Cody, uh, the two guys who run our rankings team and say where these guys are going to end up. I will say that the three guys who have offers, and you mentioned Harlem Berry, Deshaun Ford out of Opelousas, and then the most recent one uh, to James Simon at Calvary Baptist, these guys could end up being and likely will end up being top 10 running backs. You could have three of the top 10 running backs in the country in Louisiana. Then we expand it to, oh, down at Vanderbilt Catholic, they have Jalen Coleman, who's already picking up big offers. At Leesville, they have maybe one of the best uh, running back since Michael Ford uh, and Xavier Ford, who uh, is of a relation, uh, obviously, to Mike. So you could have, and I'm guessing here, I'm just trying to think of like if these guys all end up high four stars or even touching five star, five of the top 15 or 20 running backs in the country might be from Louisiana. Like you are, it's whichever direction you want to go. So for them to have now offered a third and go ahead and make that offer to Simon. Like you said, yes, he just finished his sophomore year. Shay, that's still two years from signing day. Why are we talking about it? Because that's why they are going to have to be very particular with how they want to approach that class because making offers, going and grabbing commits, you want to get those guys locked in and say, you are the guys we're riding. I'd expect them to take three of them probably, you know, as many as one in. And because of that, if you can hit big, Billy, in 25, 2024 running back is not as big of an issue for you, right? You've got six running backs on roster right now. You'll have a ton of them still back next year. You don't need to get a five-star. You'll swing for the fences, but you don't have to have it in 24 because if you do what you're supposed to in Louisiana in 2025, as you noted, you are set for a while at running back. Yeah, and LSU already has uh, Brett Bordelon on board in that class in 2025. You look at Louisiana um, overall, I mean, there, there are a handful of guys that already have offers. Um, at running back, you know, just another tidbit on James Simon. You know, Frank Wilson told him, look, we've got three offers now out in Louisiana, and I've got five total. That's how good I think you are. James Simon spoke very highly of Frank Wilson and the LSU program. Be sure to look out. For that story on thebengaltiger.com, which means you should subscribe 
to thebengaltiger.com. Get your free Founders Club hat. Still plenty to go around there. Um, and jump on board. Get a good deal to get all the info on spring football, recruiting, obviously these new offers that are going out. But especially, you're going to want to be on board when it comes to Junior Day this weekend because it's a loaded group coming into Baton Rouge. We talked about it a while back. The number one quarterback in the class of 2025, Bryce Underwood, will be on campus for his first time in Baton Rouge. He spoke with our Chad Simmons on the site. He's excited to check it out. But also, they're going to they're gonna bring back a handful of commits. Um, Brett Bordelon is going to be on campus. Wallace Foster. Those are some of the guys that have confirmed already. Um, again, next weekend with some other commitments that are going to be in town for 7-on-7, seven seven, Colin Hurley, Zion Ferguson, JoJo Stone, and some others. Um, but this is a big weekend for LSU when it comes to uncommitted prospects, especially. Um, I was out at Under Armour Atlanta, and one of the bright spots about being out there was we got word that another top 100 prospect is going to be on campus. Justin Green, uh, top 100 overall prospect, top 10 defensive lineman in the country out of Georgia, is going to make his first visit to Baton Rouge. Uh, we previewed some of the guys who who are coming on campus, but you know that was a huge one that uh, we got confirmed, as well as Mississippi defensive lineman and edge prospect Caleb Moore. Those are a couple of the two, a couple of the new ones that are uh, now out there. But I mean, Shay, I spoke about it on the board. And look, when we first posted our running list, because people are always asking, they said, ah, you know, that's not really what I was envisioning with this big weekend that they've been drumming up. Well, they're also going to have a big weekend next weekend. April 1st looks like it's going to be a massive weekend. And, you know, to be honest, they got a lot of their commitments on campus in this March timeframe. That was the, the really big moment when they got – Spring football started when they got some of these guys to campus. Some of them were able to make it in January, but they were really able to make hay uh, in the month of March. I think it was six commitments that ended up uh, in the being on campus in the in the first or second weekend of March. So you kick off these type of weekends, and that's where you set the foundation for these official visits, and then to put yourself in position to land them. Hundred percent. That's exactly what this weekend is about. It's about really taking that next step towards, hey, let's get serious about this. We want you. Here's our pitch. Let's get an official visit locked in. Let's get a summer camp locked in. Let's get some thought, you know, start to think about, hey, do you want to be in the class? Because we want you to be at games and we want you to help recruit. All of that kind of really begins now because February was a dead period, meaning they couldn't have any in-person contact with uh, any recruits. So there were no visits, anything like that. Well, February 1st, what was signing day? So that's when they quit kind of focusing all their efforts on the 23 class, which was the prior class or the transfer portal or whatever it might be, you know, kind of exit interviews from the season. All those things were happening in January. February's dead. You reset. And then they come out of February. And from talking to some, some sources around LSU, some different coaches, it was, Hey, not only are we re-energized, but we use the time to find out these are the guys we want to go after. These are the guys we're pushing for begins that firm in March. And Billy, you've got the visitor list up. You've continued to update it. As you noted, every day we're adding new names to it, but more than 30 names already on it. Obviously, that's not going to be all of them. So this will be a weekend where they're probably going to have, you know, 30 up into the 40 count of guys on campus who have an offer. That means that this isn't like the old days where you had a big visitor weekend, junior day and whole school game and you had 
hundreds of kids on campus. This is a very concerted effort of saying, we're bringing in 30, 40 guys that we are serious about, that we have offered, that we want to offer, whatever it might be, and we're beginning to press for them. So this is one of the more important weekends of the year. Do they get any commitments out of it immediately? I don't know. But will they get any commitments out of it, out of it eventually? As Billy said at the beginning, absolutely. That's what weekends like these do for you. Yeah, and I, I think a couple names that you know we talked about, everybody likes to talk about defensive line. I mentioned Justin Green. I, I thought he was one of the better defensive linemen on hand uh, in Atlanta. It, he's somebody that we actually just moved from edge prospect to defensive line. So for those wanting that big defensive lineman to come on board, he's one to watch. You know, Auburn and Georgia are recruiting him heavily, but he's also very open. He's, he's got a very interesting, you know, kind of mindset on recruiting and, and taking it slow. His mom actually... Uh, did her graduate studies at LSU, so a little bit of a tie there. Uh, but then Terrence Hibbler, a Mississippi defensive lineman who we've talked about, uh, he's going to check out LSU this weekend as well. Uh, he's been a few places over the, the past month in, in um, January, but you know LSU's swinging for him. They, they've got some guys um, on this list that you could consider LSU leans as well. I mean, Chad Simmons just confirmed on our board. Noriel White, who we talked about, um, you know, pushing back his commitment, opting to uh, take it out a little bit longer. LSU's right in the thick of it with Ole Miss for him and really seems like a big visit for him because not only is he going to be on campus this weekend, but there's a potential that he pops over once again next weekend when the bootleggers are playing in the Battle of, Miami, uh, Battle of uh, New Orleans 7-on-7 tournament the second weekend in March, and he could get an opportunity to see LSU, you know, start for spring ball. So, it's, it's a big, big weekend, and I think a lot of it is 2024, and we'll see some more 25s and, and guys like that pop up. But, you know, looking ahead, I mentioned April 1st. They've got some 2024 guys that are already starting to stack up on that weekend, but I'm hearing more and more about that 2025 class for that weekend. That's a big junior day for LSU. I just think the staff is, is showing their organization about it and trying their best to make sure it's stacked the right way to continue to build that momentum like they did last year with that class. We saw the momentum start to build in March. Yeah. And just to give you guys an update before we get out of here, they, the new rankings for 24 came out this week. I believe they're sitting on the number 11 class. They were right around that 10, 11 range, uh, which again, you're 10 months from signing day. That's right in the range you want to be. They have, what is it, Billy? Eight commitments uh, right now on board. We'll see where things go, but um, look, they could be getting to double-digit commitments here soon. And then from there, the dominoes really sort of start to fall. So um, top 10 class sitting right on the border of that, at least I would expect uh, as we see, like I said, as we see commitments start to come in, they get above double-digit commits. They'll be into the top 10 and uh, finished number five a year ago. So there's your benchmark, Billy. Can you Can Brian Kelly and company match it or beat it in year two? We'll see. Yep. Uh, saw JoJo Stone, LSU's four-star wide receiver commit and four-star defensive back Zion Ferguson on uh, Sunday as well at Under Armour Atlanta. Really liked the day JoJo Stone had. Uh, he won, I believe, pretty much every one-on-one -on -one rep he took. Really did a nice job. Uh, he's somebody that LSU's battling to hang on to. But, um, you know, Zion Ferguson is a guy that had a tweaked hammy, but uh, he went through individual drills only and really looked the part. I didn't even realize he was, you know, nursing something. So, um a guy that's growing on me in that sense is Zion Ferguson. Uh, and then I head to Under Armour Orlando this weekend as well. So racking up the travel miles, looking forward to seeing Colin Hurley throw at that. 
And uh, we will uh, have plenty of updates on the BengalTiger.com. Lots to come from both those camps, uh, as well as the massive junior day. So be sure to subscribe to the channel, the Bengal Tiger YouTube channel, uh, as well as uh, subscribe to the BengalTiger.com. Lots of content to come. So be sure you're jumping on board. And we will catch you guys uh, later this week with another edition of our spring preview podcast, turning over to the defensive side of the ball as well. So be sure to check that out later this week, and we will catch you next time on the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. Lots to come next week recapping that junior day, as well as more recruiting news from the Tigers. So thanks for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening.